unfortunately happens to have episodes every once in a while. Which, to my way of thinking, does not come anywhere near qualifying as a criminal offense. Every so often, I caught the policeman sneaking peeks at me through the rearview mirror. When he saw me looking back, he snapped his eyes away. But then he would look again when he thought I wasn't looking. Then I would snap my eyes away. We went back and forth like that for a while, until we stopped at a red light. This time, he didn't drop his eyes. No problems back there, right, young lady? His eyes held on to mine, which made me feel kind of funny in the stomach, even though I'm sure I didn't show it. I've spent many hours in front of a mirror, imagining embarrassing situations even worse than this one, and making sure that, whatever jumpy feeling was going on inside of me, I, Cal Lavender, would have the same fixed expression on my face. I call it my face for unbearably unpleasant and embarrassing situations. It looks like this. Eyes, like two black checkers. Mouth, a thin line with only the slightest curve at the corners. I'm naturally olive-skinned and thin, with one long eyebrow instead of the two short ones that ordinary people have. This gives me the ability to scowl, without even trying. My mother, who has the same line across her forehead, says it's an awning over our eyes, protection against whatever life throws at us. That's the face I showed the policeman, which made him cough nervously and then say, Hey, would you like one of these breath mint things? Sure, all kids like breath mints. A tin of Altoids landed next to me. I didn't touch it. Not all kids think that their breath needs help, I said. No offense intended. I forgave him. I had seen the name on his tag, Officer Quigley, and immediately renamed him in my mind. Officer Quigley Wiggly. That's another thing I inherited from my mother. She has a way of finding the perfect name for everyone, me included. More on that later, too. Then there was more crackling from the radio. Yeah, that's where we're headed, Quiggly Wiggly said into the receiver. The light changed to green, and the car moved forward. Now, your average 11-year-old would probably have been scared out of her wits, not knowing where she was headed, where the ride was taking her, not knowing what waited ahead. But not me, not Cal Lavender. I wasn't scared at all. My knees were aligned, my thighs pressing together and perfectly matched. My hands were folded on my lap. Why should I have been scared? After all, this wasn't my story. This was just a short, temporary detour from what I call life. Chapter 2 When I first made the acquaintance of the knitting lady, the first thing she said to me was not, Everyone is always living her story. That came later when she was telling us a fascinating tale that took us from coast to coast and covered about 100 years of human history. I have to say she turned out to be an excellent storyteller, even though I had my doubts when I first met her. There was the fact that she stuttered. Not all the time, but enough that... Now there I go, jumping ten steps ahead. I haven't even explained yet about the knitting lady. Who is she? 
How did I wind up on our doorstep? How did I meet the other girls who became my friends? No, they became more than friends, despite the fact that they drove me absolutely crazy. I need to take a giant step back, return myself to the police car, and explain how I, Cal Lavender, came to be living a life that wasn't my own. So, I was in the police car, and we traveled on the freeway for a while. So far, I was doing fine with all this. To my way of thinking, travel can be very educational. Officer Quiggly Wiggly took an exit, then went a few more blocks before turning onto a narrow street with a one-way arrow. Hang in there, young lady. We're just about home. Home? Who's home? Not my home. I looked out the window and asked myself, If this is home, where are all the rooming houses? Where's the bus station?